Uh, we started this morning uh, preaching out of uh, verse 1, uh, and that's uh, where we're going to pick back up tonight. Uh, but as we looked at this, well, let me read this, and uh, then we'll talk about this morning, and then I'll uh, preach a little bit. Uh, but notice in verse 1 uh, what the Bible says. It says in Second Chronicles chapter 32, let's stand our feet tonight, uh, if we would, Second Chronicles 32, uh, we'll reverence the reading of God's Word. And uh, look in verse 1. After these things and the establishment thereof, Sennacherib king of Assyria came and entered into Judah and encamped against the fenced cities and thought to win them, Uh, For himself. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Uh, We pray that the singing has uh, uplifted your name and brought glory and honor to you. Uh, But it's preaching time now, and I pray that you would help us, touch us, and anoint us afresh. And uh, Lord, we're just looking to heaven for some help tonight. I pray if there's one lost, I pray you'd save them. Somebody needs some help, I pray they'd find it in you. But Lord, we just want you to be honored in everything that's said and done tonight. And we'll give you the glory for it. Save that sinner's nearest tale for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You be seated. Uh, when, when we looked at uh, this morning, when we talked about after uh, these things and the establishment thereof, uh, we talked about how when we went back in the, in, in the three prior chapters, I believe it was, uh, we looked at the restoration that took place. Uh, King Hezekiah has... Uh, become king at 25 years old. Uh, the nation of Judah and the nation of Israel is in horrible shape spiritually. Uh, the house of God is shut up. So one of the first things that uh, King Hezekiah does is he opens up the house of God. Uh, he cleans out the filthiness. Uh, not only does he do that, but then uh, he, he um, has the restoration of worship and of praise. Uh, not only does he have restoration and praise started, uh, but they reinstitute the Passover. Uh, so he, he, he begins to do what God uh, wants him to do. Uh, and we talked about this morning, are we doing what God wants us to do and living how God wants us to live? Uh, then we've seen how that in chapter 31, how he removed all the idols uh, and that out of Judah. Uh, how that they got all that mess out and uh, all they wanted to do was serve the Lord. And then we talked about the reinstatement uh, and that of tithing in the uh, middle part of chapter 31. But when we come to chapter 32, so what we looked at was he set all these things in order. Uh, he established what needed to be established. He, uh, after these things and the establishment thereof, uh, this is when the enemy showed up. Uh, let me say that when you're living for God, that's when the enemy shows up. Uh, you get determined to sell out to the Lord. You uh, want to uh, set your house in the right order. Uh, what was it that, uh, that Joshua said, as for me and my house, uh, we're going to serve the Lord. I hope that is the decision that you've made. We're going to serve God uh, no matter what. Uh, but I want you to look right here in uh, chapter 32 tonight, uh, what happens. Uh, when, when they set everything right and they get it in order and they're serving God like they're supposed to be serving Him, uh, notice what the Bible said. It said, The king of Sennacherib, uh, king of Assyria, came and entered into Judah and encamped against the fenced cities and thought to win them for himself. For himself. 
And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib was come and that he was purposed to fight against Jerusalem. So see here, King Hezekiah, he knew uh, uh, that there was going to be a fight uh, that was going to have to take place. Uh, he understood that. I mean, listen, uh, uh, he, he, he didn't say reckon wise. Now think about this for a minute. I thought about this late this evening. Uh, you can imagine the watchman up on the tower. Uh, they've set everything in order. They've got everything the way it needs to go. Uh, they're worshiping and they're praising God. They've uh, cleaned out the temple. They've uh, got the tithing the way that it's supposed to go. And by the way, this took months to take place. You realize that, don't you? You go back and you remember how long it took them uh, through all that tithing for all that to collect. And uh, it was months that all this took place. You remember what I told you this morning? That when you decide that you're going to sell out, your enemy does not always show up right away. And he's not showed up right away right here, but he does show up. Now I want you to understand something this morning that uh, your enemy is always going to show up. When you're serving the Lord. Can I park right here and say something just real quick? It seems like for probably about six months, I've been, fi- I've been preaching on fighting and the battle. That's, that's what it seems like here lately. And, and, and I believe that we're all going through a, a type of a battle or a, or a fight or something. But, but I, I want you to get this. Now, if you don't get anything else tonight, I, I want you to get the very fact that uh, when we get to the end of this thing, Hezekiah is dependent on the Lord to do all the fighting. I want you to understand that. So when we go through our fights and our troubles and our trials and all those things, we need to depend on God to help us. All right, let's look right here. Uh, Number one tonight, I want you to look, knowing that the enemy is coming, and and I can imagine as uh, they're up there, somebody's on the watchtower, the watchman is on the watchtower, and he sees uh, uh, and that the enemy coming. I mean, look off in the distance, and here comes the king of Assyria. Uh, and I mean, he brings his troops in to, uh, to the outside. And I want you to look at the reaction of, uh, of the king. Uh, notice right here, he realized that uh, king, the king of Assyria was purposed to fight, and that against Jerusalem, he had no reason to fight against him. Uh, I mean, uh, King Hezekiah had done nothing to him. Uh, but the Bible said right here what King Hezekiah done is he took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountain which were without the city. Uh, and they did help him. Uh, and you come on down in verse 4 and it says, So there was gathered much people together who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? Uh, listen, he knew he was going to have to fight, uh, uh, but he wasn't going to give his enemies enemy uh, uh, any help. Uh, do you realize that tonight? Sometimes uh, uh, sometimes we help our enemy uh, uh, defeat us. Uh, do you realize that tonight? Uh, uh, we, uh, he said, uh, we're not going to do anything that we uh, uh, can help our enemy. As a matter of fact, we're going to stop up all the wells outside of Jerusalem. Uh, we're going to stop the brook that's running through uh, uh, the land over there so that when he comes, he'll not find anything that he can use uh, against us. You realize tonight that Satan uh, is the accuser uh, of the brethren. Uh, uh, you realize tonight that we don't help our case. You remember what the Lord, you remember what Nathan told David over there uh, in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 12? Uh, he said, you have given uh, uh, the enemy uh, uh, a reason and that to blaspheme uh, uh, against God. He said, you've done that, David. Hey, listen tonight. Uh, I, I don't want to give my enemy any help. Uh, I don't want to give him any weapons against me. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I want to live perfect uh, and right and that before God uh, uh, so that he'll have nothing uh, and that to use against me. Uh, can I ask you something tonight? Uh, uh, does Satan ever use your past uh, against you? 
Well, he does. Uh, you say, preacher, you grew up in church. You got saved at four. Hey, I'm telling you, I ain't always had it right. I, I've messed things up I, uh, along the way, done things that I wish I hadn't done. I, and I'm going to tell you, Satan will jump up on your shoulder I, I, and he'll say to you, hey, I, if you were saved, you I, wouldn't have done those things. Daniel, he'll bother you uh, and we've gave him some things uh, along our life to be able to fight against us with. But you know what? King Hezekiah said, I'm not going to do that. Uh, would to God that we wouldn't do that tonight. Well, I'm telling you, I, I, I tried to quit uh, doing that a long time ago, giving uh, Satan something uh, to be able to use against me. What was it? Be sober, be vigilant. Uh, because your adversary, the devil's a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. He's out uh, to devour us. He's out to get us. Uh, uh, we don't need to give him any help. King Hezekiah, uh, he realized he's going to have to fight, but he wasn't going to help him in that fight. So he wasn't going to give him what he needed. Well, then I want you to look right here. In verses, in verses uh, 5, notice what the Bible said, and he strengthened himself. How did he strengthen himself? The Bible said here, and he built up the wall that was broken and raised it up to the towers and another wall without and repaired uh, Milo in the city of David and made darts and shields in abundance. You know what he done is he strengthened himself. The wall that was broke down, he began to repair. Well, I'm going to tell you, if we're going to fight the devil. If we're going to fight our adversary, listen to me now. If we're going to fight our adversary, uh, uh, then we're going to have to repair what was broken down. You realize that wall is what protected them from the enemy? You realize that that wall is what... As a matter of fact, he said they not only, not only and they had, uh, 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 fixed the wall, they went out and built another wall out in front of it. They done whatever they could to protect themselves from Satan. What are we doing tonight to protect ourselves from the enemy? Our prote- you say, well, our protection lies in the Lord. And I agree that uh, it lies in the Lord. Help me now, Lord. Uh, listen, uh, uh, how do we repair what's broken down? Well, can I ask you, do you have something broken down in your life tonight? Can I, how, how's your prayer life doing? How's your prayer life doing? It's, it's very, say, you preacher, you harp all the time on, on, on your prayer life and your daily Bible reading. Yeah, I do. I harp on it a lot. You can call it harping on, preaching on, exhorting you, edifying you, whatever you want to call it. But I'm going to tell you, if you want some help, it's going to come from that book and it's going to come from talking to the Lord. Amen. Now, I, I don't know anything else to tell you tonight. If, if, there, there, may be some, there may be some relationship. That is, broken, that is broken down in your life tonight. There may be some oaths that needs to be fixed. I'm going to tell you all these things I, I will Satan use against you. I, I, and that, and just let me ask you this way. How is your relationship with God? How's your relationship doing with Him? You know what the Bible said in the book of Nehemiah chapter 8, the very last, the, in verse 10, the very last part of that verse, the Bible said, For the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you have no joy in the Lord tonight, you ain't got much strength tonight. The joy of Him, of knowing that we're saved, and knowing that we're right with Him, and knowing that He's pleased with our life. Listen, that's what brings strength in our life that we're able to fight and able to go on. So what he done was he strengthened himself. He built up the wall that was broken down. You know, to build up the wall that's broken down in your life and to raise down, you, you may have to fix some things. 
You, you, may, you may have to quit watching some things on TV or on your phone or uh, you, you may have to quit listening to some things uh, uh, that you shouldn't be listening to or reading some things uh, that you shouldn't be reading uh, to fix all this because I'm going to tell you, Satan will use that stuff against you. So he began to strengthen himself. But notice right here, and he set captains in verse 6 of war over the people and gathered them together. He knew he was fixing to have to go fight. And gathered them together uh, to him in the street of the, gate, uh, uh, of the gate of the city and spake comfortably to them saying, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people what? Rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. He began to encourage himself in the Lord. He just simply began to give some encouragement and be encouraged himself. He said, look, he said, I I know there's a bunch of them out there, but there's more of us than there is of them. He's coming in the arm of the flesh, but it is the Lord God of heaven that's going to fight for us. It's the Lord. Notice who he was relying on to help him fight. The Lord. Who was it in 1 Samuel chapter 17? David, who is just a stripling. He goes out there uh, to fight Goliath. And uh, you remember what he tells Goliath as he's running toward him. Uh, uh, then, then David, then said David to the Philistine, uh, uh, Thou comest to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies, uh, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Uh, this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, uh, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee and will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. I believe this is the first time that this young man has ever went out to battle other than that lion and that pair and he's facing an uncircumcised Philistine out there and he says, look, I'm fixing to kill you. I'm going to kill all your buddies and we're going to feed you to the fowls of the air. How am I going to do that? I'm going to do that by the Lord that's in heaven. Do you realize tonight that I understand there's nothing good about us, there's nothing strong in us tonight except the Lord Jesus Christ. And He said in little John, I, I greater is He that's within you than He that's within the world. Uh, listen, He was drawing His strength uh, uh, and that from the Lord. He was getting His strength. Hezekiah was depending uh, on God. And notice the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah. They found rest in that. Knowing what God is capable of and able of, we can just sit down and rest. Does that mean we don't have to fight? That ain't what it means, but we can rest. Psalms chapter 37, I was reminded of this as I looked over this message late this afternoon. Uh, uh, Psalms 37 where he talks about fret not. Uh, uh, you know all those things that he talks about. But you look in that same chapter, he talks about how we're to trust in the Lord. I, I delight in the Lord. I commit our way in the Lord. And then the very last thing he said was rest in the Lord. When we trust in Him, delight in Him, and commit our way to Him, we rest in Him. And so we're fixing to fight. So what happened? 
Did the enemy run away? Well, they're trusting the Lord. The enemy, hey, listen, uh, we, we get in our minds, well, we're trusting God. Uh, uh, he's going to take care of us. And uh, we holler boo at the devil and he runs away. But I want you to look at the response of the enemy. And after this, verse 9, after this did Shennacherib, king of Assyria, send his servants to Jerusalem, but he himself laid siege against Elishas uh, and all his power with him unto Hezekiah, king of Judah, and to all Judah that were at Jerusalem, saying, now, here, here is his messenger, king, king Shennacherib's messenger. He comes, and here's what he says, Thus says Shennacherib, king of Assyria, Whereon do you trust that you abide in the siege in Jerusalem? He said, who are you trusting? Now this is the enemy saying, who are you putting your trust in? Did not Hezekiah persuade you to give over yourselves to die by famine and by thirst? Say, the Lord our God shall deliver us out of the hand of the king of Assyria. Boy, the enemy knew what he had been saying over there. Uh, the enemy knew, and you know what he's fixing to do? Uh, he's fixing to try to use their comfort and their strength uh, uh, and their resting, if I would, and their encouragement and that against them. You know what he begins to say? He, he begins to say, Hezekiah has told you uh, uh, and that to trust uh, uh, in the Lord. He said, but you know what's going to happen? You're going to die in this city by famine and by thirst. He begins to keep on talking in verse 12. Had not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem, saying, Ye shall worship before one altar and burn incense upon it. Hey, they knew what had been going on. They knew what he had done three chapters ago and up to this time. They knew that he was setting things straight and getting things in order. And he said, Hey, Hezekiah's told you how you only need to worship one God. Know ye not, verse 13, Know ye not what I and my fathers have done unto all the people of other lands? Were the gods, were the gods of the nation of those lands anyways able to deliver their lands out of mine hand? Who was there among all the gods of those nations that my fathers utterly destroyed that could deliver his people out of mine hand? That your God should be able to deliver you out of mine hand. That's a little dangerous right there. Now therefore let not Hezekiah deceive you nor persuade you on this matter neither yet believe him for no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people out of mine hand and out of the hand of my fathers. How much less shall your God deliver you out of mine hand? Very dangerous, ain't it? I thought about one that King Nebuchadnezzar over in the book of Daniel chapter 3 uh, that told Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael said, Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? He found out, didn't he? And his servants, verse 16, now watch this right here. And his servants spake yet more against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. He wrote also letters to rail on the Lord God of Israel and to speak against him, saying, As the gods of the nations of other lands have not delivered their people out of mine hand, so shall not, so shall not the God of Hezekiah deliver his people out of mine hand. Then they cried with a loud voice in the Jews' speech unto the people of Jerusalem that were on the wall to do what? Now watch what your Bible says. To affright them and to trouble them that they might take the city. And they spake against the God of Jerusalem as against the gods of the people of the earth which were the work of the hands of man. They began to rail on the God of Israel, the God of heaven. They began to rail on Hezekiah for what he'd done. They stood out there and they spoke in the Jews' language. Uh, they, they said, look, we're going to kill you. Uh, we're going to starve you to death. Uh, uh, well, listen, there's no God that is able. Don't you see what we've done? coming?" And they had done it. 
I, I mean, if they hadn't done it, they were making it up as they come along, but I believe they had defeated uh, uh, some folk. And, uh, and they said, just look at what we've already accomplished. And there's not been a God yet that has been able to stop us. I kind of thought, as the Bible said, that they were uh, talking to them in the Jews' language over there. Uh, I, I, I thought about uh, uh, Tokyo Rose and... Uh, 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 oh, what was the one in, in the uh, uh, Hanoi Hannah? Uh, they, 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 they were propagandists uh, during the war. Uh, Tokyo Rose and Hanoi Hannah, you know, in Vietnam, that come out of Hanoi Radio over there, uh, that, that they would try to demoralize the, uh, the troops and try to get them to quit and try to get them to desert uh, uh, and all these things. And, uh, and Hanoi Hannah, they said that she would play and that recordings of people from America uh, that didn't want their men to fight in that war. They were trying everywhere in the world to... Get them to quit. Ecclesiastes says there's no new thing under the sun. What Tokyo Rose was doing and what Noe Hannah was doing was no different than what they were doing right here. They were spreading propaganda. That's all they were doing. What do you think's happening today? I can get off my soapbox if you want me to for a little while. Huh? They're spreading propaganda. But you get that from the news media. Let me move on just a little bit. Amen. Would God we had some folk that were journalists today. Let me quit. I'm, I'm going to get wound up here. The response of the enemy, they didn't go nowhere. We, we get in our mind sometimes because we trusted in the Lord that they ran away. That, that didn't happen. As a matter of fact, he, the, the enemy came and, and began to threaten them and, and really just done what? What did your Bible say right here? Came to affright them and to trouble them. Because they knew that if they could make them fear, they could take the city. Fear is a very good motivator, but fear is also a debilitator. And they knew that if they could get them to just quit uh, and lay down their arms, uh, uh, listen, there's one thing you need to understand about the enemy today, he's a liar. He's a liar. He'll tell you things that are not true. What was it? John 8 and 44. Give you father the devil unless you fathers you he unless you fathers you'll do. He was a murderer from the beginning and bow not in the truth because there's no truth in when he speaketh a lie he speaketh of his own uh, for he is a liar and the father of it. What did we see Wednesday night in Psalms chapter 42 there for just a little bit? Uh, what, what was it David talked about over there when uh, as a heart panteth after the water brook so doth my uh, uh, soul after, after thee. And, uh, you remember what he said when they say unto me where is thy God? I mean, that was all time out to get us to quit on God. So they want them to fear. You know what Satan wants you to do? He wants you to fear. And he'll tell you things that, that are going to happen that ain't going to happen. You, you need to understand that. He, he will lie to you. Uh, he will cheat you. He, he will deceive you. Uh, he'll do whatever he can to get you to quit. As a matter of fact, he says, who, who is these gods? He says, look, we, I've defeated everybody else coming up to this time. I, I, you know what he'll do to me sometimes as, as a preacher? You know what he'll do? Uh, he'll remind me of some preachers that have failed. He'll remind me of preachers that have messed up. I, I, and, and I'll get to thinking about that. I, and, I, and, and I'll say that those men were better than I am. I, and, 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 and I'll worry about messing up. Now I think that always needs to be in the back of my mind. But, but how many men... And how many of God's people did not mess up? 
and, and, and left out of here uh, with their hands in the air serving God uh, uh, and praising Him and doing what they were supposed to be doing. Amen. He likes to lie to people. And He'll lie to you. He'll lie to you. And if you get to believe in it, man, it's just a mess. So he's, they're trying to lie to them. And they're trying to get them to lose faith in God. Notice down here, and they spake against the God of Jerusalem, verse nineteen, as against the gods of the people of the, God, uh, the gods of the people of the earth, which were the work of the hands of man. You know, every other god is just a work of the hands of man, except the God of Israel. Can I tell you, He is still the God of Israel. Don't you ever forget that. Amen. But He is the God of the church tonight, and the Savior of it. Amen. But I want you to watch verse twenty. Watch what happens. You know what happens right here? Hezekiah, he knew. He, now listen, he's the one that said to get some strength. He's the one that said, follow God. He's the one that said you can rest in this. But look in verse 20. And for this cause, Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried to heaven. Take your Bible tonight and go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 37. Isaiah chapter 37. We find a little bit more about this story. And we, we ain't going to be able to read all of it. Uh, but, but it tells some things that's going on in here. Isaiah chapter 37, look in verse 1. It came to pass when King Hezekiah heard it that he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and ashes and went into the house of the Lord. You know, when I read that the other day, uh, or it might have been day, I can't remember, but I thought to myself, boy, ain't it a good thing he opened the house of God up? He had somewhere to run to, didn't he? Think about that for just a second. Been closed up until he took over as king. And he sent Eliakim, who was over the household of Shebna, verse 2 here, the scribe and the elders of the priests covered with sackcloth unto Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and of rebuke and of blasphemy, for the children are come to the birth, and there is no strength to bring it forth. To bring forth, It may be that the Lord thy God will hear the words of Rabshakeh, whom the king of Assyria, his master, has sent to reproach the living God and reprove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard wherefore lift up thy prayer uh, for the remnant that is left so the servants of the king of Hezekiah came to Isaiah and Isaiah said unto them thus saith uh, thus shall you say to your master thus saith the Lord be not afraid that's pretty good ain't it what were they they were afraid they started out with encouragement. But as this thing rocked on and the enemy didn't leave and they heard all these words and the enemy was lying to them. They began to get afraid. Thus saith the Lord, be not afraid of the words that thou hast heard wherewith the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Now I want you to see what God said. Behold, I will send a blast upon him and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. Look in verse 33 of, of Isaiah. Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come unto this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shields, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, saith the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake, and for my servant David's sake. Can, do you know why the Lord keeps us and takes care of us? 
It's for His sake and for His Son, Jesus' sake tonight. That's why. That's why He does it. We're kept because of Him tonight. So, look at the reaction of the Lord. Now, the Lord did not take kindly to being blasphemed against. The Lord did not take kindly uh, and and that uh, for the king of Assyria threatening uh, and and, uh, 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 bringing... Uh, and that accusation uh, against his people. Now he already knew what was going to happen. I done read that to you in verses 5 through 7. He said, Behold, I'll send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I'll cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. So you know what he does? He said, Look, I'm going to send him back. And that's where he came from. Go back to the book of 2 Chronicles now. Go back to the book of 2 Chronicles. Chapter 32. Look in verse 21. Now, for this cause, verse 27, for this cause Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos prayed and cried to heaven. And the Lord sent an angel which cut off all the mighty men of valor and the leaders and the captains uh, in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. And when he was coming to the, his house of his God, uh, they that, that, that came forth of his own vows slew him there with a sword. And the Lord saved Hezekiah and inhabitants of Jerusalem uh, from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all other, and guided them on every side. You know, do you realize what, what the king said? He said, look, your God can't help you. Your God can't take care of you. Who is your God that's going to that's defeat me? Do you realize that when he got back, when, when God sent that angel out uh, to smite all of them, do you realize where he got killed at? He got killed out in the house of his own God. His God could not help him. His God could not save him. But it looks like to me that the God of Israel was the one that saved them. Amen. Amen. The reaction of the Lord was, uh, He not only proved that He could save uh, uh, and that Israel and that of Judah, but He also proved that there wasn't another God in front of Him bigger than Him or better than Him. Amen. I like it when God... You remember, uh, you, you remember when uh, 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 Hophni and Phinehas took the Ark of the Covenant in the battle over there in the book of 1 Samuel uh, and, and, and they go out to fight uh, uh, and they end up losing the Ark to the Philistines. Remember that story? You ought to learn that in Sunday school. I preached on that. You remember what the Philistines, as dumb as they were, you remember what they done with it? They put it in the house of their God by the name of Dagon. You remember what happened? They come back the next day, Dagon... <laughs> was on his face toward the Ark of the Covenant. Dummy, dummy, they set him back up again. And you know what God done? God cut his hands off, cut his head off, and had the stump of him laying on the ground. Amen. And then if they were not dumb enough, they held on to that thing. I, I, and you know what God, God done? I, and sent a pestilence to them. like to kill them all over there. They realized what was going on and had to get shed of that thing. They said, we don't want this thing around. It's killing us. When you don't know the Lord, His presence will wire you out. I want to show you something I seen late this afternoon. I hadn't seen it. And I'd read this, but I, I hadn't seen it until today. Look back with me in verse 22. I'm going to close right here in just a second, okay? Thus, said, thus, thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. Now what's your Bible say next? And from the hand of all other. 
This was not the only battle they ever had to fight. This is the first battle they fought after they set everything in order. After they got everything set just right, the way they needed it to serve God, the way that God wanted it, when they got everything set and was serving Him, then the enemy comes. And I'm going to tell you something. You, you, you may get through one battle, but there will always be another one somewhere out there. But you know what God will do? He'll keep you through that one too. And from the hand of all other. And then your Bible said and guided them on every side. You know, as long as you'll follow him, he'll guide you. Out of all the worry and the fear. Think about this for just a second. In, in the book of Second Chronicles, out of everything that it has told us from, from verse 1 to verse 20, it, it takes one verse to tell us that God sent an angel out there. We worry too much sometimes, don't we, about the battle. The Apostle Paul faced fight after fight after fight. And yeah, he got pressed out of measure. And yeah, he was, he was in despair of his life. And yeah, trouble and, and, and tribulation came. But he never gave up on the Lord. Guided them on every side. And many brought gifts unto the Lord to Jerusalem. What'd be good, wouldn't it? God wins the battle for you. Don't you think you owe Him? Or to come in here on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, even on Sunday morning sometime, and 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 say, preacher, I, I just if, if we don't open up for testimonies, you say, preacher, I just got something I need to say real quick. But let me tell you how the Lord helped me. It'd be okay to do that. It'd be okay to do that. So they, they, they brought gifts unto the Lord to Jerusalem and presents to the Hezekiah, to Hezekiah King of Judah so that he was magnified in the sight of all nations from thenceforth. God put his hand on him. Can I tell you, when you set things right, don't be surprised when the enemy shows up. But when the enemy shows up, just keep doing what you know to do is right and depend on the Lord and He'll help you through it. Don't, don't believe what the devil's telling you. Don't believe when he jumps up and whispers in your ear some things that you know better than to believe. Don't believe him. You trust the Lord and He'll see you through it. Let's bow our heads tonight if we would. For a moment, let's come to the piano. But Jeff, let's get a verse of invitation tonight. You might need to come and pray. I don't know. I don't know what's needed tonight in your life, but boy, God sure does. And He knows how to help you. Some of you may be fighting and battling tonight. I don't know, but I want you to know this, that if you are, just keep looking and leaning on the Lord tonight. I was reminded as I studied this in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, when King, I believe it's verse 12, when King Jehoshaphat, man, they were in a mess over there fighting a battle. Or fixing to fight about it. They weren't fighting it. They thought they were going to have to fight. And, and he said, neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon thee. You may not know what to do tonight. But you just keep looking to the Lord. And he'll help you.